millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I want to tell you about the Astor Place riots, a a deadly riot that took place in New York City in 1849, a riot that was caused by a disagreement over which of two blokes was the better Shakespearean actor. Alert listener Arjen Baust pointed me in the direction of this topic. Very funny story indeed, except for, you know, all the people who died, they... They probably aren't laughing about it. But it turns out that the theatre is a very serious business indeed. We think pop culture stands are bad these days, but at least Swifties aren't out on the streets brawling with fans of the Queen Bee. Back in the uh, the mid-19th century in the United States, however, people were very ready to put their money not just where their mouth was, but also where their fists were. And the end result of people being fans of one actor over the other was riot police firing into unarmed civilian crowds. The power and the majesty of the theatre, plain to see. How about that? Uh, In truth, there were actually um, a lot of other factors underpinning the riots, everything from class tension to international diplomacy. But at the end of the day, it's still accurate to say that 30 people died and over 100 were injured because people got heated about who their favourite actor was. So let's get into how and why this could possibly have come about. In the 19th century, theatres were immensely popular as entertainment venues, far more so than today. And while these days there's definitely uh, a, a connotation that, uh, that going to the theatre is a, a posh or a, a highbrow activity reserved for, you know, the, the, the cultivated amongst us, that certainly wasn't the case back then. People from all walks of life would go and see plays and performances and they'd get very rowdy too. It wasn't always a quiet, stately affair as it might be today. Audience members would yell and throw stuff and make their feelings known throughout the shows that they saw. And then on top of this, um, theatre-goers invariably had their favourite performers who were just like just like, just like like actors these days, enormously famous, intensely loyal, loyal followings. Again, just like Hollywood A-listers of the, of the 21st century. So I'll introduce you now to two of these immensely famous and popular actors of the time, William McCready and Edwin Forrest. Now, these two were both Shakespearean specialists, uh, but that's just about where their similarities end. They both represented two very different sections of society. McCready was British, uh, widely considered to be the best British actor at the time, a darling of the wealthy American upper classes who thought of him as the best and most authentic Shakespearean actor at the time. Um, He was a refined and thoughtful actor. He gave subdued and intricate performances. 
Uh, Forrest, on the other hand, was American, equally famous in the United States, a champion of the working class. The, he, the, the working class absolutely loved this bloke. He was big and muscular. He gave expansive, passionate performances, the sort of performances that a, a rowdy working class audience would uh, would enjoy and get stuck into. Remember, at this stage, the, the theatre, again, isn't necessarily a, uh, a highbrow affair. Workers would flock to see Shakespeare, Shakespeare just as readily as the, as the hoity-toity upper class. Now, these two actors, they actually started out in their careers as, uh, as good friends, as, as colleagues, um, but this unraveled as time went on and ultimately ended up with an intense rivalry that came to represent two very different social and political factions. It wasn't just class divisions. It wasn't just the wealthy Anglophilic upper class as fans of MacReady against the everyday nativist working class as fans of Forrest. No, their eventual rival- rivalry had far-reaching political consequences as well, uh, because relations between Britain and the United States were, were actually quite strained at this time. Lots of stuff was behind these strained relations throughout the uh, throughout the 1840s. We're, we're not going to get into it. Debts, border disputes, broad foreign policy, whatever. The point is there was strong anti-British sentiment in the US, particularly amongst the working class, the diehard forest fans. So that's the that's the broader view of things, but on a much smaller scale, there were some very entertaining consequences of the of the rivalry between these two blokes. For instance, Forrest made a habit of following McCready around the US on his tours there and would put on his own shows to directly compete with McCready. So, for instance, if McCready turned up in a city and was going to perform, I don't know, Hamlet, um, at the theatre just over the road, you would find Forrest performing Hamlet as well, just to undermine him, just to cannibalise sick ticket sales and, and, and try to make the bloke look like a bit of an idiot. Um, McCready responded by completely trashing Forrest's reputation back in Britain. And so when Forrest ultimately ended up visiting London, uh, he flopped in the theatres over there because McCready had been talking so much smack about him. Um, and it only got worse from, from there because the next time McCready toured the United States again, he had, if you'll believe it, Half a dead sheep thrown at him on the stage while he was performing. So such was the the intensity of the the, the, the these respective fandoms and the way that uh, these two actors were uh, regarded by the uh, by the opposite camp. Because of their loyal followings, these two actors tended to stick to theatres that had been built to cater to their respective fans. It makes sense, right? Forrest would perform in no-nonsense theatres in working-class areas, while McCready was in fancy theatres in in upper-class parts of town. However, when the Astor Place Opera House opened at the intersection of Broadway, where all the fancy theatres were, and the Bowery, where working class venues could be found, things ultimately came to a head and resulted in the Astor Place riot. The Astor Place Opera House uh, rebranded as the uh, as the Astor Place Theatre as it began to host plays as well as opera, and it had a strict dress code and was slated as an exclusive high-class venue catering to those of discerning taste. And I'll tell you this, the working-class theatre goes of the Bowery, they didn't think too much of that. But what really set the match to the tinder was McCready announcing that he would star in performances of Macbeth at Astor Place. What a treat for the well-heeled socialites of the American upper class in New York. But of course, Forrest, as he always did, immediately announced that he too would be performing Macbeth on the same nights at a different nearby theatre. But here's where things get really interesting. Forrest's fans went out and secured tickets for... 
McCready's performance. A huge section of Forest Diehards booked tickets at McCready's show at the Astor Place Theatre. What's going on there? They booked out the entire top level of the theatre. Why would they do this? Are they abandoning their icon? Are they leaving Forest in the rear view, popping on the evening wear and betraying their class origins by going to Astor Place? No, no, absolutely not. These Forest fans turned up at McCready's performance with rotten fruit and vegetables, bad eggs, and specially prepared bottles filled with disgusting, stinking liquid. And when McCready went out to tread the boards, the forest fans in the top level started piffing all the stuff they'd brought down onto the stage, hooting and hollering and having a great big carry-on and completely ruining the performance. McCready was pelted with rotten eggs, with apples and lemons and potatoes. He was drenched in... Well, honestly, who knows what as these bottles were chucked down at him. And then when the crowd ran out of stuff to throw, they ripped up their seats and took off their shoes and threw all that at McCready as well. Now, to his immense credit, McCready actually finished the play. He got through it, although he had to mime most of it because he couldn't be heard over the raucous cacophony of the Forest fans. But I'll tell you this, these Forest fans, they'd been very deliberately organised. There were people who saw going after McCready as an opportunity not just to teach this smarmy English bastard a lesson, but also to just generally show the colours of the true red-blooded American who wasn't going to stand for British interference in American affairs. We don't need these blow-in actors from Britain, they're saying. We don't need them coming over here and sullying our proud American cultures and traditions like, like putting on Shakespeare plays. In all seriousness, there were those in the US at the time that very earnestly believed that Shakespeare was, in spirit, more of an American than he was English. They argued that had Shakespeare come along a few centuries later, he would have identified far more strongly with the US than with Britain, which is uh, quite a take. But uh, anyway, while McCready was being bombarded with rotten produce, uh, Forrest, on the other hand, he had a terrific performance. People are hooting and hollering and having a carry-on, but all together in a very in a very supportive way for him. It was, it was quite a different atmosphere. Apparently, the crowd went bonkers when uh, when Forrest came onto the stage and then uh, nearly nearly blew the roof off the theatre when he delivered when he delivered that famous line from Macbeth. You know the one. <clears throat> what rhubarb, senna, or what purgative drug will scour these English hence? Never mind when shall we three meet again, or is this a dagger which I see before me, or something wicked this way comes. It's all about the rhubarb, baby. That's the that's the really iconic line from Macbeth. Anyway, after his mistreatment, as you can imagine, McCready, he's ready to call off the tour. He's not going to stand for this. Uh, the next day, he was actually considering getting on the first ship back to Britain, but he was talked out of it and he stuck around. And three days later, he's back out on the Astor, uh, the Astor Place stage as Macbeth, but this time things are a little different. Given how rowdy the Forest fans had been, the New York mayor didn't just have the cops out on the prowl to try to make sure there weren't any major disturbances. He had called in the militia. Mounted troops and even artillery was brought into central New York City. And in response, working class agitators mobilised even more Forest fans. This issue had boiled over from who's the better actor and now was a, was a full on class war. This was a mini war of independence, Britain versus the USA round two. The fact that the New York mayor rolled out essentially just the military like this, it was not received well by the working class who who took it as essentially the 
authorities being rolled out to protect the interests of the upper class, which isn't which isn't completely inaccurate. And so their response was to uh, see it as a direct attack on them, on the working class, and so they mobilised like you wouldn't believe. Thousands and thousands of people took to the street in protest, and 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 when Forest fans turned up at the at the Astor Place Theatre as they'd done previously a couple of nights uh, beforehand, they were denied entry for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the staff there they know their game, they know what they're up to, and they're not going to have a repeat of the old egg and potato and ripped up bits of chair show. And secondly. There are 10,000 Forest fans all ready to go, which, you know, may have strained the old seating capacity of the theatre just a little bit. Anyway, these working men, they're denied entry into the theatre, and so they make their displeasure known in no uncertain terms uh, by, rather than throwing eggs and apples, they throw rocks and stones, pelting the venue this time. They can't throw eggs at McCready, they're going to throw stones at the theatre, they even try to set fire to it, although... They couldn't get it alight. Nonetheless, they're battering down the doors. They're smashing the windows. They're all going bonkers. And so with the theatre now more like a castle under siege, as the chaos began to mount, the cops and the militia move in. Warning shots are fired into the air. And uh, then as this failed to calm things down or or disperse or even really affect the crowd at all, uh, some more warning shots were fired, this time into the crowd itself. The rioters swarmed towards the cops, more and more of them being hit by gunfire, uh, but they attempted to give as good as they got, chucking rocks and stones at the authorities, injuring over a 100 of them. It was absolute anarchy. It was full-blown chaos on the streets of New York as years of anti-British sentiment boiled over and manifested itself with rioters bashing cops, while the cops, who I think it's fair to say had been sent not just to protect the city, but also the interests of its wealthy upper class, they fired point blank into crowds of civilians. All because no one could agree who was a better Macbeth. Unbelievable. McCready actually managed to escape the theatre. He uh, snuck out the back in disguise. But the story goes he did finish performing the play before finally fleeing. So you've got to admire the professionalism there. Uh, he left the United States. He never came back. Who can blame him? Uh, so that essentially he left Forrest to completely dominate US Shakespearean performances from that point onwards. So I guess Forrest won that round. But um, Forrest suffered because his reputation was completely in the toilet as far as the American upper classes uh, and also the British more broadly were concerned. But hey, who cares? He was still selling out raucous theatres as his fans enthusiastically jammed themselves into his shows. Anyway, there were, uh, there were short and long-term consequences after this riot. In the short term, the working class rioters attempt to reconvene the next night, but the authorities were well ahead of them this time. They were prepared for further uh, discontent and dispersed any crowds before another riot could begin. Uh, and then there were trials, there were convictions. They went after these rioters pretty hard. Uh, and New York's upper class were very generous in their praise of how effective the cops had been in, uh, well, in... in shooting the rioters at point blank. Here's how one of them put it. The promptness of the authorities in calling out the armed forces and the unwavering steadiness with which the citizens obeyed the order to fire on the assembled mob was an excellent advertisement to the capitalists of the old world that they might send their property to New York and rely upon the certainty that it would be safe from the clutches of red republicanism or chartists or communionists of any description. What a line to take. Bloody hell. But the longer-term consequences of this riot were very interesting indeed. The Astor Place riot is thought to be one of the reasons that going to the theatre to see a play became a fancy and posh thing to do. 
It only intensified class divisions, of course, and while Shakespeare and the like continued to be put on at fancy theatres, the rowdier and more working class venues began to slowly move away from classical theatre and instead move towards things like vaudeville and reviews and, and song and dance routines. So, despite the fact that Shakespeare's work is, as we talked about in episode 203, Get Across It, filled with fart and dick jokes, it ended up being seen as highbrow and cultivated because this this class war, this culture war between the, the upper class and the working class around the time of the Astor Place riot was, if you look at it this way, eventually won by the upper class in the sense that they got Shakespeare. Now, of course, I'm not trying to say that the Astor Place riot is the only thing that uh, that helped to shape and, and develop the evolution of theatre-based entertainment, and there are so many other things that contributed to the way that, uh, that Shakespeare is perceived today. But this riot did play something of a role, and it is interesting to examine when looking at the broader history of the theatre throughout this period and, and in the years afterwards. So, anyway... The Astor Place riot caused the greatest number of civilian deaths in the United States since the Revolutionary War. However, the 20 or 30 people that were killed weren't the only ones that didn't survive the riot. Because the theatre itself was unable to shake off the reputation it gained after this massacre that took place outside it, and it ended up folding as well as a result. However... Today, if you visit Astor Place in New York City and go to where the theatre once stood just near the intersection of Lafayette Street, you will find that it remains an unwavering bastion of American culture. Rather than a theatre being there, however, it's a cultural venue of a different sort. It's now a Starbucks. TIAA is on a mission. Why? Because 54% of Black Americans don't have enough savings to retire. So in collaboration with big name artists like Wyclef Jean, TIAA released Paper Right. New music inspiring a new financial future. With 100% of streaming sales going to a nonprofit that teaches students how to invest. Stream Paper Right now and help close the gap. Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com.